0: it's scary it's a scary movie it's a horror movie for children if you like the wizard of oz stay away from this movie
1: dorothy Gale.
0: hello and welcome to
1: the untitled gen x podcast a podcast sometimes hosted by two childhood best friends always dedicated to the pop culture that raised us. I'm Kate,
0: a writer and a midwife, and that's our little dog, Toto. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm
1: Lori, a writer and a pop culture lover.
0: Today, we're taking you somewhere over the rainbow
1: into the bowels
0: of the Emerald City to revisit a fever dream from our youth.
1: Yes, Gen Xers, we hitch a ride on the gump to join Dorothy and her misfit pals in Return to Oz the dark fantasy adventure responsible for our collective childhood trauma.
0: But before we get into the wheelers, talking heads, and electroshock therapy of it all, we'd like to remind you that we have a Patreon.
1: Yes, for just $5 a month, you'll get access to one bonus episode a month. But more importantly, your money goes to supporting the pod. We're covering iconic TV episodes that range from Different Strokes and Family Ties to Beverly Hills 90210 and My So-Called Life. I think there's, I don't know, maybe 16 or 17 episodes over there right now. So check it out on patreon.com forward slash the Untitled Gen X podcast. But enough about all that. Return to Oz. Kate. Oh, Kate. Oh, dear, dear Kate. What is your history with this film? Because, wow. And also, please remind me why we chose it. Because, oh, my God.
0: Um. Yeah. So I honestly, this film was very memorable for me, but only certain parts. Like yes. the rest of it, it's as if it didn't even exist. <laughs> and I think I only saw this movie once. That was enough. It was so wild that it just burned into my head. Why? I, th- I mean, I think we chose it because like, I had all these memories of it. And I think partly I was like, were those true? <laughs> I'm not remembering this right. And uh, no, I was remembering it right. And actually, it's even worse than I was remembering it. <laughs> I blocked out some of the like severe trauma,
1: which is really saying something because my grandma took me to go see this movie. and um, i'll I'll get into, you know, my reaction. Uh, with my grandma with certain scenes. And um, it was a tough one for me to get through in the theater. The rewatch, I was just sort of like, I understand why I was scared. You know, sometimes you go back and you revisit something that was like really memorable or a little bit traumatic from your childhood. And you're just like, oh, I mean, I could see it, right? I could see why I was scared by that. But no, this, like you're saying, was so completely justified. Yeah, so I enjoyed the rewatch. I but like as a kid,
0: there are a few scenes that really stuck out to me and kind of terrified me. And mm-hmm. and I completely agree with that still. But as I was watching it, and when we get to the part in it that triggered this memory, I will explain it more thoroughly. But I realized that I have this strange connection to the Wizard of Oz personally. It's so weird. So oh,
1: okay, more to I come.
0: Can't...
1: Oh. <laughs> I love it. You're placing breadcrumbs. I'm here for it. I'm right. following your yellow brick road. Foreshadowing. I'm in for this journey. I
0: promise there will be no wheelers or flying monkeys.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, this story with Return to Oz begins with author L. Frank Baum, who released the novel The Wonderful World of Oz in 1900. And over the next 20 years, he released 13 more Oz novels. In 1939, MGM released the smash hit, The Wizard of Oz, starring Judy Garland. And do you remember how network TV used to play The Wizard of Oz Like on one very special night a year? I feel like it happened maybe on Thanksgiving, but it was like a big television event. I used to watch it every year as a kid. It w- Anyway, it was a big deal. I have to make a confession. <laughs> no, don't
0: tell me you haven't seen it only seen the wizard of oz once all the way through because on that very special night of the year when they would air it on tv it didn't hold my interest i like couldn't wow i could like watch it up until they got sleepy in the poppies mm. and then i was kind of like and i would stop watching and so i had until maybe i don't know 10 years ago i finally was like i have no idea how
1: this movie ends <laughs> So my husband, he had never seen The Wizard of Oz. He only saw it, like, maybe 10 years ago. I was horrified when I learned that. I'm like, sit down right now, family. We are going to watch this movie. The kids didn't really like it.
0: Like, I feel like it's very iconic in our
1: culture. So, of course, I, like,
0: had the general gist of the story. And I think I even knew that, like... It was all kind of a sham. A sham? (laughs) It was all kind of a sham. No, I mean like... Conspiracy. Like like the wizard. I mean the wizard. That like, that was a sham. I was like, "Oh, are you suggesting that Dorothy is hallucinating all of this, Katie? (laughs) No, but like, I I mean, there were poppies. I'm just Mm, saying. I mean, yeah, fair. I did sit down and watch it. And I have to say, I kind of feel like once is enough. Now, at the time that I saw Return to Oz the first time as a child... I don't think I'd seen it beyond the poppies. I mean, for sure, not beyond the poppies, but I don't even know that I've seen it. I've seen it all that much.
1: That's so interesting because like, I really wanted to go see this movie. I was a Wizard of Oz stan. I was like, yes, what is Dorothy up to? Let's follow Dorothy's adventure six months after all of this happened. I was invested in this journey for Dorothy. Yeah, and I didn't
0: realize... (laughs) which sounds dumb, uh, I didn't realize that the premise of this movie was that, like, the same Dorothy is going back <laughs> now to like Oz. like,
1: ten years younger. Right, right? It's uh, six months later, but she's, like, ten years younger. Right. I somehow
0: thought that it was, like, a little girl from my time that went back to Oz. That's a fun idea. Yeah. Yeah. And... For some reason, wait, you pronounce her name Faruza Balk, right? Is that? Yes. True? Okay. So, for some reason, in my memory, it was like a little version of the Faruza Balk who was in the craft in this movie. <laughs> she goes back with like witchcraft and stuff. So, like, it matched well with like the, you know, headless things. <laughs> sure. But, but no, she's actually quite young and very uncraft. Uh, witchy, like, she's not a witchy yeah. woman
1: yes no yeah.
0: so um so yeah i somehow like missed that like the idea was that like and maybe because i hadn't seen the wizard of oz mm-hmm, at that point mm-hmm. that this was the same dorothy right. going back to we the are returning hence left. return hence, to oz. Right, but i thought return to oz like like me going back to oz it's <laughs>
1: like, like back to the future in your delorean yes it's actually Dorothy. <laughs> it's the Dorothy. <laughs> the one and only. So. so in 1954, Disney bought the film rights to the remaining Oz novels, but they didn't do anything with them. I had read that there were some things knocking around that, like, okay, maybe we'll create an Oz adventure starring the Musketeers kind of a thing. I mean, sort of thank God they didn't do that because, right? (laughs) Way to sanitize it. Yeah. (laughs) But in 1980, Walter Murch, who was interestingly this very, very accomplished film editor, and writer, and sound engineer. This guy won a bunch of Oscars. He was involved with like Apocalypse Now, All Three Godfathers, American Graffiti, but he wasn't really a director. He pitched Disney and was like, hey guys, I know you're going to lose the rights to these Oz novels pretty soon. Why don't we make a movie? And they were like, hey, we love it. Great idea. So Return to Oz is actually based on the second and third Oz books, The Marvelous Land of Oz from 1904 and The Ozma of Oz from 1907. And it is true, the vision of this film was much darker than we might expect from a Disney movie. And that was because it remained more faithful to the L. Frank Baum novels so that was the intention in fact the tagline for the poster of this film says it's an all-new live action fantasy filled with disney adventure and magic and i'm like this is not disney magic this is terrifying this is like a clockwork
0: orange magic like that's what it reminded me of. <laughs>
1: no it's true so scary so scary But if you do a deep dive on Return to Oz, and I actually recommend that you all do, because wow, there's some great (laughs) stuff written about this film. Um, I found a great article on a site called Screen Crush, and they said, Murch's script, co-written by Walk the Line's Gil Dennis, plays with the idea that Dorothy may indeed be hallucinating the entire thing, and it never gives a concrete answer. Where the original MGM classic made Oz look like a technicolor piece of cinematic candy, Return to Oz makes Dorothy's second journey look more like a nightmare. And that is the God's honest truth.
0: Yeah, it it's scary. It's a scary movie. It's a, it's a horror movie for children. So my brother, who, you know... Uh, the pod knows Pat, he guest stars here sometimes. He told me that, that there was a time in the eighties around the time of the infamous watchers in the woods that terrified me as a child uh-huh. where Disney kind of decided they needed to be more gritty. And so <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> and, but it's like, they like took it to the just wild extreme. It's like come on. <laughs> you could have been a little more gritty <laughs> without terrifying Gen X.
1: <laughs> oh, no. And this movie, like, wow. So it was released on June 21st, 1985. They threw a shit ton of money at it. The budget was $28 million. Wow. But the movie only made $11.1 1
0: Because I'm sure word got around to the Mommy and Me <laughs>
1: groups that, like, this is a terrifying movie. Don't take your children. Word on the street your kid's going to need therapy and oh yeah we don't really believe in therapy for children so don't <laughs> right right oh my god like, and this movie on opening weekend it opened in 7th place behind cocoon oh cocoon mm-hmm. I,
0: have i ever seen cocoon all the way to the end Honestly, what is it about it's about old people who like, go in swimming pools and like come out young what is it about I have to go we have to do cocoon we have to do cocoon
1: Brimley in that film who's like the oldest man he's like older than dirt in that movie is the same age as Paul Rudd who drinks from the fountain of what? youth so I don't even understand Paul Rudd is the same age that Wilfred Brimley was Wait, in that film How old is Paul Rudd Like I don't know 54 or something like that I don't know not that much older than us
0: why were people in their 50s so old when we were young and i don't even mean like like we were misinterpreting it they seemed old because we were young i mean, I mean there was if that you put too
1: but a yes.
0: picture of wilford brimley <laughs> and a picture of paul red and maybe not even paul red like someone else because paul red is freakishly youthful
1: yeah okay oh Katie, I think we have to get into this film because we could like talk around it all day long. There is just so much to say. There's so... just no way but through. <laughs> yes. All right. We open on Dorothy. She's a little girl. She's so much younger than Judy Garland's Dorothy. She's so young, but
0: she has braids and she lives in Kansas and she has a dog named Toto. So there you go. Indeed.
1: It's all you need, all the context you need. She can't sleep. She's got all these visions of Oz. All she ever does is talk about Oz and she can't sleep. And Auntie M's like, oh my God, Dorothy, you and Oz and your lack of sleep. This is a real problem. And then we see Uncle Henry... Looking very, very serious, he pulls out a newspaper clipping for a new sanitarium in town that specializes in electric healing. Kate, what a time to be alive. What a time. Also, I
0: was like, I have no idea what time period this is. Mm. Uh, It was 1899.
1: 1899. Yes. Aunt and uncle decide Dorothy needs serious help. Like, it's time and it's been 6 whole months since that whole inconvenient tornado ripped up their house and Dorothy started talking about oz. She's talking about tin men and scarecrows and ruby slippers and i can imagine for auntie m this is sort of like when you have young children and they won't shut up about like minecraft. Like it's all they talk about all the time and it's this <laughs> fantasy thing and you just don't care. Auntie m's like enough dorothy. Enough. enough. It didn't happen. There is no Emerald City. But I think we should take this moment to talk about casting for Dorothy and for Ball. Yes. Okay, so Walter Murch, the director, the co-writer, he had very specific ideas about who he wanted Dorothy to be played by. And he said he, quote, wanted to find someone who might be Judy Garland's cousin once removed. So... In 1983, young Faruza Balk was chosen out of 600 girls from Vancouver to audition for the role of Dorothy in Los Angeles. And this was a very big deal. And when she learned that she nabbed the role, she said, I just burst with tears because I was so happy. It was a really big thing for me to even get an audition for a real feature film. So let's talk about not real feature films for a moment. (laughs) Perusa Bulk stars in your favorite holiday classic, The Best Christmas Pageant Ever. Right, which I never realized until, we, until this podcast went and revisited it. Yes, and that was in, I believe, 1983. Kate and I covered it on season one. Go back and listen to it. But producer Paul Meslansky said, Bulk, quote, is Dorothy as described by Baum, the author. She is also Dorothy, as I think Judy Garland would have loved to play her if she were that age and
0: not 25. <laughs> if she were a full-grown woman. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought she was great. I thought she did such a good job. Oh my
1: gosh, I did too. And she does have a touch of resemblance to Judy Garland. like. I mean, I don't know about that, but like there is definitely something mystical in those eyes of hers, you know, and she grew up to sort of be more like, especially for films like The Craft and American History X and stuff like that, like sort of those eyes look almost a little sinister. Right. She grew up to be much more edgy. Edgy. But like as a child, she really had like wonder. -hmm. In those bright blue eyes, and and she was a great Dorothy. She was a great pick. Yeah, she she was great. I can't
0: really imagine anyone else in that role making it. I don't know. It just believable, right? Like (laughs) I mean, so outrageous. It was so outrageous, but I never felt like she was not buying into it, right? And just like reading the lines, like exactly, she was there. She was in that nightmare
1: Oz world (laughs) and handling it shockingly well. Yes. So okay. The next morning, sometime later, whatever she's outside doing chores in the yard, and she finds a key with an Oz emblem on it. But I mean,
0: is it an Oz emblem? Because okay. it looks like a "Don't Smoke Here" emblem.
1: <laughs> like, did you actually see Oz in that? I did key when
0: she pointed a... it out. But okay, not, I didn't. I never. I mean, it's a. It's literally like that, like circle with a slash through it. That. Says, don't do this here.
1: She actually traces the O Z. And then you're like, oh, okay. But like, would you have seen that if you found a key in your yard? Like, oh, this is a key that belongs to Oz. No. no, no, no. So Dorothy is so excited about this key. She shows it to Auntie M. And Auntie M's like, oh, girl, that's the key to our old house. Calm down. Dorothy, you've got some issues. We've got to go to the doctor today. We got to see Dr. Worley. Let's go. So they take their horse and carriage and they go off to the doctor's. It's a buggy. A buggy. <laughs> Is that different? Oh, a carriage
0: isn't closed. She just purposefully calls it a buggy. She's like, I rode a buggy all the way here and I didn't yeah. fall
1: out. <laughs> okay. So Dorothy tries to tell the doctor everything that happened in Oz and he's like, oh, all that happened? I know what'll cheer you up. This electrical marvel of science, this giant ass machine. And like you said, it's 1899. So this is the most intimidating contraption you could possibly
0: imagine. Right. I don't want to be connected to anything with electricity in it from 1899.
1: (laughs) Just no thanks. I'm good. So in that machine, she spots the reflection of a blonde girl and the blonde girl waves to her, but then mysteriously disappears. So Dorothy might actually be losing her mind. Something's going on here. So Auntie M leaves her at the hospital. (laughs) Like,
0: bye. She's like, do everything the doctor and the head
1: nurse say. Right. That sounds safe. I'll be back in the morning. (laughs) And the head nurse, wow, is she scary. She's dressed in all black. She's played by Jean Marsh, who was in Willow. She's good. She's very good. And that dress with the, like,
0: pointy shoulders. Yes. It's terrifying, but also... As a nurse, how could you possibly nurse in that
1: outfit? (laughs) Well, I don't know that she was doing the nursing so much as the scary orderlies dressed in all white. Right. Yeah, they were very creepy. Yes. The scary head nurse takes her down this creepy hallway into like a patient room (laughs) where Dorothy is soon joined by that young blonde girl who gives her a jack-o'-lantern. They have a little conversation and then the girl is gone. Oh,
0: that jack-o'-lantern is suddenly making so much more sense yes, now. Yes, yes. Yeah. Do, do you know what I thought at f- first? I was like, who is this blonde girl? And I was like, wait, is she Alice in Wonderland? Like, is this, are they doing electroshock therapy <laughs> on all of these girls
1: that have these fantastical oh, adventures? <laughs> now but there's like a that's movie. a whole other movie. Well, I was going to say, Kate, that is the movie we all want to
0: see as yes. adults. Right. Not as children. Right. No, not as children, as adults. Like what happened to them when they grew up? That's a screenplay. Can we be clear that this is my idea? <laughs> Do not steal it. Timestamp. If you decide to read the, write the screenplay, then I need the created by, like <laughs> inspired by something.
1: I think you deserve credit. Right. Okay. So there's a crazy storm brewing outside and the nurse arrives and asks Dorothy if she wants to go for a ride. So the two scary orderly men hoist her up on this gurney, and strap her down. How is she so calm? Well, I mean, you know, she's had quite some adventures in
0: her young life at this she's point. She's jaded.
1: This is some real Gen X energy. Let, let me let me tell you. Right. She never gets spun up about anything.
0: No, she's like, I mean, she gets a little upset, but then she composes herself. Right, right. She just gets shit done without a whole lot of adult supervision. Like, she's always the one, like, even the law. She has to wind up to make it work.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's worth mentioning the creaking sounds on the the wheels on the gurney. Mm-hmm. Pay close attention to those. Like, just tuck that away. We are going to revisit that. So Dorothy is wheeled into a room where the electro magic is going to happen, Kate. And um, the doctor's fiddling with the electroshock therapy settings and stuff. And the nurse places those, like, headphones to her head.
0: I know, but she puts them over her ears. I know. They do still use electroshock therapy, but it's way milder than it used to be. And so they have, it does kind of look like headphones, but they put them over the temples. Yes. And then there's a mild electrical current that's run through them. But these are like metal (laughs) and no like nothing to buffer. They're like Air Max Pros. Right. And she puts them over her ears. And I'm like, that's, ow. (laughs)
1: I'm going to blow out her eardrums, but that's cool. Yeah. So. Just as the doctor is about to pull the main switch to deliver those shockwaves, a storm blows the power out. And patients start screaming, and Dorothy is able to escape because that mysterious girl patient shows up and helps her out. Because she can't do anything because she's strapped to this table. So the head nurse, all of the other patients be damned, right? She chases after Dorothy and that girl, and... It's pouring rain. It's crazy outside. They jump into a raging river before finding a crate that's just, like, making its way down this right. roaring rapid. <laughs> well, no. First, they
0: find, like, I think it's the top to, like, a wooden – maybe it's the top to the crate, to a wooden crate. Oh, like the lid. Yeah.
1: They're able to escape the nurse down that river. And – um Dorothy falls asleep. It's been a long night. It's been,
0: she's tired. She's been through a lot. She She rode a buggy in the morning to get to this place. All this stuff
1: happened. Yeah, it's hard. And and she wakes up in the morning next to Belina, a talking chicken. So she wakes up and she's surrounded by sand, but she looks out and she can see greenery not far beyond. And so she figures maybe we're in Oz. And at no point is she ever like, what the fuck? is happening here well
0: she went to Oz before oh but she is the chicken so belina is talking to her yes and that's what clues her into oz because she's like because she was talking to belina back in that's Kansas. true
1: belina is the chicken that doesn't lay the egg but
0: now they're in oz and all of a sudden belina's talking and i completely forgot that there was a talking chicken in this movie and she is by far my favorite part um she is hilarious Like Oh, Belina's your favorite character? Oh, my gosh. So she's so funny, like her little running commentary. And at some point, I think Dorothy says, how can you talk? And she's like, I don't know. How's my grammar? (laughs) 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 Like, she just has, like, she
1: adds just like these funny commentaries about what's going on. She's my favorite. Okay. So Dorothy somehow figures out she's in the deadly desert. I'm not quite sure how she pieces all that together, but she does. And if you touch the sand, you'll you'll die. The rocks have faces there. It's super freaky, but she manages to escape that situation. And this is when she and Belina come upon a lunch pail tree. And I remember this moment so clearly. I That was magic to me. A lunch pail tree? Are you kidding? Right. So we then see a rock face say, your majesty. Dorothy has returned to Oz. We don't really know what that's about, but we're like, oh, something bad is about to go down. So Dorothy and Belina go walking in search of Dorothy's old pals when they stumble upon Dorothy's old house destroyed by the tornado. And then Dorothy sees the destroyed yellow brick road. It's just like all torn up and she's panicked. She follows the yellow brick road to the Emerald City to find it in sort of like poorly animated ruins. There are parts of it that are clearly animated and they're right. supposed to look live action. But you're just like, oh, OK. So, right. It's looking yeah. rough.
0: It's like when they use miniatures and it's not supposed to be miniatures. But yeah, you can tell.
1: yeah. It, it was the mid 80s, you know, cut them some slack for sure. So there's graffiti that says beware the wheelers. We don't know what that means, but we're about to find out. <laughs> so right. all the people have been turned to stone. Some of the stone statues have no heads. We will find out why later. Uh we find the tin man and the cowardly lion. They've also been turned to stone. And then, Katie, we hear the creaking noises, the same noises from the gurney. Oh, I guess I put that together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with that, with those noises, our childhood trauma returns. In an article by SlashFilm.com about revisiting this masterpiece, uh, writer Raphael Mortimer describes what happens next. He says, Dorothy isn't greeted by munchkins, but by terrifying wheelers, a half-human, half-scooter, cyberpunk gang, I loved that, that wear creepy helmets with faces all while maniacally laughing maniacally
0: like it's horrifying so scary it reminds
1: me of a clockwork orange
0: except disney fied <sighs> okay walk me through what this moment meant to you as a child <laughs> i don't remember them in detail because i think they were so scary you know they look very medusa-esque like i was thinking those were like snakes yes very medusa looking really scary and they're all hunched over right and they have this horrible look on their face and,
1: oh, it's it's like a technicolor nightmare. <laughs> oh my God, it is. So when I saw this in the theater, I immediately turned to my grandma and I said, I want to leave. And my grandma's like, oh honey, I'm sure, like, it's okay, it's just a scary part, like whatever, it'll be fine. It's not fine, grandma. It did not get better. I wanted to leave in 34 minutes, and we should have left. Right. That would have been the responsible adult thing to do. Oh, my. The wheelers surround Dorothy and Belina, and they make a run for it, but they end up in a dead end. And um, there's a keyhole, though, and Dorothy unlocks the keyhole with the Oz key. Somehow,
0: the Oz key remained in her little apron pocket through a
1: torrential storm (laughs) through a raging river. (laughs) This was my very note how in the world did she manage to hold on to that key number one number two i'm not trying to get all like electricity 101 on anybody but she was gonna have electroshock therapy while she had a metal key on her person while she was on a metal gurney this girl was not grounded no they were gonna kill her in more ways than one
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes true true
1: so anyway, they escape, and this is when she discovers a metal machine. It's a soldier from the Royal Army of Oz that looks an awful lot like rich Uncle Pennybags, like the, the mascot from Monopoly. Yeah, and a little bit like Wilford Brimley. <laughs> <laughs> the cocoon tie-in, yes. <laughs> totally, totally. So after she winds him up, she learns his name is TikTok. And um, he's there to serve. He wants to join Dorothy in finding out what happened. The important thing to know about TikTok is that
0: uh, he's all made of metal, sort of like the Tin Man, Mm -hmm. but he has to be wound up to work. He's actually part of Oz Law Enforcement, but he has three different winders. So one of them controls his thoughts. One of them controls his speech and one of them controls his ability Action. to move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how she gets him to work. And this is very important
1: at multiple points in the. Yes. In the movie. And he does say that he can't feel emotion. He's a machine.
0: Yes. But I have questions about that. As later. do I.
1: Okay. So they escape the room. TikTok is able to knock out the wheelers, but not before grabbing one of them. So Dorothy can ask him, what in the world happened to the Emerald City? Dorothy finds out that the gnome king conquered the Emerald City and only Princess Mombi? Mombi. Mombi? Mo- Mom- Mombi? Yeah, because I was like, why? Yeah, Mombi. An- it sounds like mommy, but it's not. It's I think it's supposed to.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Princess Mombi knows. And so Dorothy and TikTok are like, we're going to go to Mombi's place to find out what's going on. And, you know, they just let themselves into her palace, this like grand Liberace fully mirrored incredible palace that she lives in right where this beautiful woman is like playing the mandolin or something right she just yawns when they walk in help me
0: rise
1: she's such a weirdo
0: yeah she's super weird but like youngish and like pretty and doesn't doesn't seem very menacing she tells her come with me your friends can stay here right and Dorothy's like okay any Gen X kid would be like mm, no it's a stranger danger." no. <laughs> We may keep our keys on us at all times, but we're not going with the
1: story. That's right. That was some true Gen X energy, <laughs> keeping that Oz key on her. Right. Yes. It should have been around her neck. Right. So she leads her in to these glass cabinets that are filled with heads, like living heads. Like,
0: yeah, they're just hanging out there. Looking they around. look around.
1: Their Thank eyes you. move. They mm-hmm. have expressions on their faces. And I think this is where I, like, full-on blacked out as a kid. Like, that really scared me. And that wasn't so far after the 34 minute mark from the wheelers where I had told grandma Mary, we need to leave. No, it had gotten worse. Now we're in a a space. Yeah. Like where's it going from here? What were your thoughts on that? That part unnerved
0: me, but then the scene later that we'll talk about again in that space Mm -hmm. was the one that just did me in. Like even watching it As an adult, I was like,
1: oh, oh, it's coming. It's getting worse. But like also, now that I'm older, like, don't you wish you could just like kind of do that in the morning? Just like pick out a head? Oh my gosh. Just be like, look, your hair's all done and your
0: makeup's done. Right. Like, seriously. We would be on time in the morning. It seems like she also sort of clicks on the brain because at one point someone says like, oh, I think she forgot because she hasn't put that head back on since then. So that that would be a little weird. You'd be very confused all the time.
1: You'd be different every day. There'd be a new version of you every day. (laughs) Right. right. Like imagine if you really could do that. Like how would you ever catch people for crimes? That's very true. And also, you know, when people say like, I never know who I'm going to get, different all the time. He's different every time I see him. I never know which version I'm going to get. Right. That would be very true. That would
0: be so true. <laughs> yeah. So let's just all be glad that our heads are <laughs> firmly attached to our shoulders.
1: <laughs> so Mombi tells Dorothy that the gnome king took the scarecrow with him back to his mountain with the emeralds. Oh, and by the way, Kate, she really likes Dorothy's head. And she's like, you know what? Oh, she's like, you have a nice head. I like it. Like, I'm going to just, like, lock you in the tower for a few years until it's ready. It's ready. And she says something to
0: her. She says, like, you're not pretty, but, (laughs) like, you're interesting or something. It's just a weird thing to say. But, yeah, she wants to, like, age her so she'll be the appropriate age to have her head. To have her head.
1: And these are the heads of the women's statues. Right. The dancing women with no heads. Yes. Dorothy's now trapped in this dusty attic. And this Jack Skellington type character called Jack right. Pumpkinhead. They're both called Jack. Jack-o-lantern. Well, jack O'Lantern. Jack Pumpkinhead calls out to her and he tells her he's waiting for his mom. And again, Dorothy's just like completely unfazed by this. Like, oh, okay. A talking... Pu-. Like, whatever. Right. I'm in Oz. It's fine. It's fine. Dorothy helps put him back together. And we find out that Mombi brought him to life with some voodoo powder of life. Then he asks Dorothy if he can call her mom. It's weird. I don't understand.
0: I know. Like, Like, is this supposed to say something? Or is it just all over the place? You know, because like, what is the mom part?
1: I don't understand. I don't know. I, I feel like as elements of the story unfold, I feel like the writers were just like, oh, well, let's just write this in. Oh, and then they could be like this. And then, oh, this thing right. can can move the plot along. Like there's no through line.
0: It's like lost, that TV show. Like you can't I went back once and watched it all. And there's no it did they didn't know what they were talking. There was no final plan. Mm-hmm. They just through whatever they wanted to do in the episode. It was
1: like spaghetti at a wall. That That's what this film felt like. Right. Oh, it's Oz. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to make sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they all come up with a plan of how they're going to escape. It begins with Dorothy stealing this powder of life. That whole scene where she gets the key from Mombi's mm-hmm. wrist, that was a nail biter. Yeah. Yes. Uh, as a kid, that was really stressful to me. Yeah, so Jack... Says to her, she says, where's the
0: powder of life? And he says, it would be with her original head in cabinet 30, 34. I don't know. <laughs> um, and Don't trust so, us to escape. Right, but anyway, so, but to do it, she has to get the key. There's a Ruby key that she keeps around her wrist. And so she has to get the key in order to get to the heads. That was scary. It was. She's like, she's like
1: carefully untying it. Like Dorothy's Oz key was not even tied to her wrist. Right. So she retrieves the key. She goes into the hall of heads who are all sleepy, but they don't know that she's there.
0: Right. So she goes and she opens cabinet 31 and there is the original head, which is not attractive. It's very just unpleasant looking. And all this other stuff is jammed in there, including a bottle that says the powder of life. So she has to like reach for it and that it's right next to the head. And so she gets it. But as she's doing it, something shifts and the head wakes up and realizes what's happening and starts to scream. And then all the other heads wake up and start to scream. Okay.
1: But they don't just start to scream. They scream. Dorothy Gale. Oh, is that
0: what they're saying? Bodiless heads in cabinets screaming in the middle of the night? What?
1: (laughs) Terrifying.
0: Terrifying. Like, did you just get up and leave the theater at that point?
1: (laughs) I was eight when I saw this movie. I'm like, Grandma Mary, please, please. (laughs) For the love of God. Get me a gump and get me the fuck out of here. I need to escape. I was literally becoming a shell of my former self. I was shrinking into nothingness in that chair. It was so scary, Katie. That is
0: the part of that movie that has stuck
1: with me. Mombi wakes up and starts running through that palace headless. Right. Why would you put that in a movie? Disney magic. It's an adventure. (laughs) So Dorothy runs back up to the attic where Jack and TikTok are building that escape sled thing. And they put, like, the the moose head or...
0: Wait, is this where she sees the little flash in the mirror that, like, leads her the right way? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, so she sees this sort of, like, it's hard to tell what it is. It's kind of like a blue flash. It's sort of, like, maybe
1: looks like there's a person... Like a fairy, like a Tinkerbell type something yeah
0: and it like clues her in to like which way to go and so she goes that way
1: yeah and so they're they're putting this lead thing together that they call the gump and dorothy pours the powder on the head it's a moon. on all of it it's like it's a gump which is some mythical ozical creature okay ozical and then they sprinkle the life powder on it so it comes to life it comes to life and then just as mom be, like busts in the attic they're able to fly out the window
0: Yes, but not particularly well. well.
1: <laughs> they almost crash, but then at the last second, they come. Yes. Up. So that is some true adventure. And it's it's a bumpy ride. And um, Mombi, meanwhile, in her shimmery, full shimmery 80s makeup, she sits alone in the dark playing her mandolin when we see that fairy figure appear. Right. And this is when she says, Ozma, nobody's gonna help you. Nobody knows where you are. Nobody's left who even knows you. This is the first time we're hearing Ozma, Right.
0: So this is where I have to share my story. So I hear this and I'm like, wait. So when I was 12, my mom died. She had brain cancer. Through our healthcare system, they had a whole hospice program. And so part of that hospice program was grief counseling. When you were 13, you got to go to the adolescent counseling. So my brother was older, so he got to go to the adolescent counselor. But because I was 12, I went to the children's counselor. And it was unfortunately a bad fit for me because I was, I would have done better with the adolescent counselor. I just was a sophisticated 12-year-old. So mm-hmm. like all of the therapy techniques felt very childish to me. Mm-hmm. But the counselor, she introduced herself and was like, Oh, hi, I'm Ozma. And I was like, Okay. And she was like, Isn't that an interesting name? Like, do you know how I got my name? And I was like, No. She was like, Well, my grandfather wrote The Wizard of Oz. St- Wait, stop. What? Right. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, it didn't mean a lot to me in that moment, but like, I was going through some stuff. So when she says Ozma in this, Movie. I'm like, wait, is this is that true? And clearly I had trust issues because I don't think I believed her when I was 12. (laughs) I think I thought she was like telling me that to like try and win me over. (laughs) Um, and so I'm like, wait. So of course I take to the interwebs. And I'm reading along, it's going through and it's talking about L. Frank Baum and his youngest son has his first grandchild. Ozma is like in her name it's not her first name okay um but that's what he really wanted to call her i think she went to nursing school whatever and and i'm like this doesn't seem right and then all of a sudden it's like and then later in life she became a grief counselor for children
1: (laughs) And i was like what (laughs) what the actual fuck isn't that wild (laughs) i'm speechless
0: Like, it felt like this weird fever dream memory, right? Of like, that can't be a real thing. But yeah. Yes, she was my grief counselor.
1: You literally
0: have (laughs) an L. Frank bomb tie-in. Right, I'm like two degrees from L. Frank. I mean, he's dead now, but. Weird.
1: (laughs) Isn't that so weird? I mean, let's just conclude the pod. Like, I can't compete with that from here. I had a
0: coworker once because, you know, I just sometimes share random stories about my life. Like, I am friends with the daughter of the person who invented the microwave. Yes. And one of my coworkers once said, you've either lived a really interesting life or you lie a lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you're the one that no one can beat. In Two Truths and a Lie. Oh my gosh, that is going to be like one of my new Two Truths and a Lie. (laughs) It needs to be. Yeah. Meanwhile, the gump has been flying all night, and it's in rough shape, and its ropes begin breaking. Oh, you know what we forgot? What? Like, laced throughout this, everyone in Oz has a
0: really strong reaction to Belina the chicken. Everyone's like, a chicken? Uh Chickens aren't allowed in Oz. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Just hold on to that.
1: Yeah, but they don't
0: tell us why. No, they don't tell us why. We just know. And in fact, even when moms Momsby, Momsby, mom, mom, Mom's whatever her name is, Banksy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no,
1: even when she's like going to warn the gnome king, she says, and I have to tell him about the chicken. <laughs> I kind of didn't really catch that, but you're right. Everyone's having a very visceral reaction to this chicken. Clearly obsessed with the chicken. So the sled thing just falls to pieces. They all go flying and they end up landing in the snow. Although Dorothy lands very conveniently sitting on the couch that fell in the snow. (laughs) That's lucky. Just like keeping that key in her pocket, man. (laughs) Exactly. They've landed on the Gnome King's mountain and the mountain begins to speak to them. And Dorothy politely introduces herself and asks for the release of the Scarecrow. And the Gnome King is like, "Uh, what if I don't want to? And she's like, well, I'm here with my army, so I'm prepared to do what I have to do. Right. He just laughs at her. And with that laughter... The mountain opens up and they all just sort of fall in to the king's lair. And his voice reveals that the emeralds from the Emerald City were actually his. And the scarecrow was the one that took them.
0: Which we know is not true. The scarecrow
1: would not do that. No, of course not. And for a brief moment, Dorothy is reunited with the scarecrow. But then he's gone in a flash. And the gnome king tells her that he has turned him into an ornament for his collection. Dorothy then approaches the Gnome King, which is like, it's a face built into a rock. Right. It's a very claymation. (laughs) Yes. And she begins to cry. And the Gnome King begins to comfort
0: her. Right. He like has this like arm reach out. His little claymation arm reaches out to like pat her on the shoulder.
1: And (laughs) is it just me or does the Gnome King his face look like the mask that CC Bloom wears in O Industry in peaches. Oh kind of. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was giving me O Industry vibes. Yeah. O oh, Industry. So, just then Dorothy's pals appear and the Gnome King suggests that they should play a little game. But for some reason am
0: I wrong that Bellina is hidden in Jack's pumpkin head?
1: Yeah. Yes. Belina is hiding in Jack's head. So he doesn't know there's a chicken. A, a no. Foot. And she's very quiet. She's not like walking yes. or anything. She's making no, no noise. Yes, for like what, and they like they seem to know for some
0: reason that she's she has to be hidden. I don't know how they knew it, but they know.
1: Again, no through line. But yeah, she's hidden. Right. He wants them to play a little game. And he's like, "You know, you might just be able to get the scarecrow back with this game." So meanwhile, Mombi demands that the Wheelers take her to the Gnome King. Back with the Gnome King. He tells them they each get three guesses as to which ornament is the scarecrow. And if they guess right, they'll get him back.
0: Right. If they touch
1: it and say
0: Oz and it's the scarecrow, Mm boom. Boom. But there's some risk involved. He doesn't
1: talk about what the risk is. He doesn't tell them. He's not giving them the full rules, which is really unfair.
0: But also, why enter into a contract if you don't know all the details?
1: I mean, the devil is in the details. Contracts 101. Mm -hmm. Right. The gump goes first. And he makes his guesses. And he fails. Right. There's like a loud boom.
0: And uh, then we learn the gump is now an ornament.
1: Jack goes next. And he fails. Poof. He's now part of the ornament collection. So after it's TikTok's turn to go in, the Gnome King, who is by now a freestanding, like rock man. Right.
0: Like as each one of these like poofs into an ornament, he like becomes more and more human-like. Can we also talk about the claymation hands that like open up
1: the wall for them to pass through? Very scary. Very scary. This is when the Gnome King reveals to Dorothy that he's actually wearing the ruby slippers.
0: (laughs) Which is the weirdest, like, unexpected turn in the work because he's very excited about his ruby slippers. Um. (laughs) Like,
1: this rock man, very masculine. Right. Reveals he's wearing these red ruby slippers with giant bows on them with giant bows and he kind of like clicks the toes together yeah. like look at my ruby slippers. I thoroughly
0: enjoyed this scene. I found it just charming as hell. But it was, it was just a look so
1: unexpected. Oh my god, it was so funny. And he tells her, "I got these <laughs> ruby slippers here when you they fell out of the sky after you left Oz." He says the ruby slippers are what made it possible for him to conquer the Emerald City. So basically, it's Dorothy's it's fault. It's Dorothy's here. fault. Yeah. <laughs> you did this. You did this. Also, the Gnome King has the same face as the electroshock therapy doctor. It's the same guy. Oh,
0: is Mombi with her original head the nurse? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because that's also how Wizard of Oz is, right? Like, there's yes. like a mean lady in town and she is the, the witch. wicked yes. witch. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's exactly right. So,
1: TikTok plays dead.
0: Right. Like, he froze before his third choice. Right.
1: He's not working because she has to wind him up. This is a ploy to get Dorothy back there into the chamber to quote, wind him up. He was faking. <laughs> As Dorothy approaches, the Gnome King tells her, you know what, Dorothy? I can send you home without any memory of Oz. All I have to do is click my heels. Like, are you up for it? And she's like, no, I can't. It would mean forgetting about my friends. And I'm like, Dorothy, you're 11, 12. I don't know how old she is. Right, how old is she supposed to be? I don't know. I get it. You love your friends from Oz, whatever. But like, I love my friends too. But if I was in this situation with the Gnome King and it's scary as hell, I'd be like, take me home. Later, guys.
0: But all her friends were turned into ornaments.
1: I mean. And she might be able to save them. But she also might not. She might end up an ornament. Probably I would be like, okay, I'm out of here. But like, I would like to think that
0: my literary self would be like, I'm going to save Oh, them. so
1: like the heroine version of yourself would make that choice. I yes. mean, sure. The protagonist version of myself. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Did you know, though, Disney had to pay MGM a big old chunk of money to use the ruby slippers? I'm like, did they use the original slipper? I'm like, what? Or did they own the rights to... Like, the concept of ruby slippers? Trademark. Exactly. <laughs> like, the intellectual property was the IP protected by MGM? I don't really know. I'm I clear. don't know,
0: because I wondered that, too. Like, they had the rights to the book. And, like, the Scarecrow and the Tin Men, right? Like, they looked different. They they were kind of a cartoonish version of of yes. what was in the movie. And, like, the Cowardly Lion was just a lion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's interesting, like, did they have to, like, dance around some of the things? But how can you dance around ruby
1: slippers? I guess you can. So anyway, they paid him a shit ton of money. That was part of that big budget that they didn't see. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We're so shocked this movie didn't do well. It was a rough return on investment. So Dorothy realizes TikTok's master plan. She's in there while TikTok makes his final guess. Cause he tells her, like, I thought maybe
0: if I'm wrong and you see what I'm turned into, then that might help you. That might give you a clue. Yes.
1: So he hugs Dorothy and cries. And I'm like, TikTok, you're a machine. You said at the beginning of this film, before it all got really dark that you couldn't feel emotion. And he cries. Right. And then
0: and, and here you are crying. Green tears, by the way. Like uh, like cool, like
1: anti-freeze. Coolant. Yes, yeah. like anti-freeze tears, yes. TikTok botches that guessing game. He's transformed into some object. So now we're down to Dorothy, last man standing, right? It's all up to her. And she sets her sights on an urn, and she touches it, and she shouts out Oz, but she's wrong. She takes another guess on like a crystal formation. She's wrong again. She's down to her last guess. Meanwhile, Mombi Busts into the Gnome King's chambers and tells him all about Dorothy. But of course, like he already knows. So we're back in the chamber and Dorothy closes her eyes. She's here to let her heart lead her to the correct object, right? Her final guess. And she's sticking out her arms with her (laughs) eyes closed. I'm like, you're going to break some shit, Dorothy. It leads her to some like bird figurine, but then she opens her eyes and she sees what's next to it. It's this like, 100-carat emerald, right? right? It's huge. It's huge. It's green. It's an emerald. Personally, I think this is the obvious guess. And I think if she or any one of her friends had actually taken the time to really look around all the treasures in there, they probably would have chosen it, too. Right. Everything else is like gold, silver, black. Yeah. And then you've got this giant
0: emerald. Like, hello. It's like a paperweight. Made of a huge emerald.
1: Yes. She puts her hands on it and says, Oz. And a green flash appears. And the Scarecrow King is there. They embrace. So now, of course, the Gnome King is super pissed. Dorothy and the Scarecrow begin looking for other green ornaments to see if they can transform their friends back. They're able to get the Gump back. The Gnome is getting increasingly angry. Because with this, is he, like, losing his human power? Yeah. Like,
0: as she's, like, undoing these ornaments, he is turning back into a rock.
1: Yes. Okay. This is when he decides, the Gnome King decides to imprison Mombi for letting Dorothy escape and causing all of these problems. Like, right. Because
0: he's like, now it's all your fault. You were supposed to fix this.
1: He then brings about this like earthquake, and all the ornaments start falling and breaking. And the scarecrow is able to salvage a green vase and they're able to bring Jack back. (laughs) On Reddit, someone said, To this day, whenever I see something green and clear glass, I touch it and I say Oz quietly (laughs) to myself.
0: Well, also, the way that she says Oz every time is so peculiar.
1: Like she's like, Oz, Oz, Oz. She's like screaming it. So I'm going to start doing that. Shiny, green, glass, Oz. Us. <laughs> okay. So the Gnome King now looms very large with like fire and brimstone behind him. And he makes all of the rubble around them start to come alive. Right? Yeah. So they can't escape. Right. Every time they try to escape,
0: there's like stone gargoyles in their way.
1: Yeah. It's like really scary. And and these are some kind of janky special effects. This is where things get real claymation animations. Yeah. I mean, for sure. The king picks up the pumpkin head, right? Yeah. This is clearly a case of miniatures.
0: Right. Well, no. First he picks up, he's, he's trying to get the gump. And so he okay. picks up the gump, but... You know, everything comes loose. So all he gets is the couch and he swallows the couch. Right.
1: And then he picks up the pumpkin head to eat him, unaware that silent Bellina is inside, but right on schedule. Belina finally decides to lay an egg. It's not an egg that she can lay in Kansas, mind you. No, she hasn't been able to lay an egg this whole time. This whole time. And then she's like, oh, finally laid my egg. Right. <laughs> she lays her egg. And not only is the egg poisonous to gnomes, which is highly convenient. Right. This is why chickens are not allowed. So we, we learned that that's the reason why. They never tell us. No. But it's very convenient for Dorothy and the gang because this egg destroys the Gnome King. It just, like, he just is from the inside out. He's just done.
0: And he's like, an egg? (laughs) Eggs are poison. And so he drops Jack. No, he lovingly and slowly places Jack down. (laughs) Kind of like floated to the ground. Yeah.
1: That's right. Dorothy then spots the ruby slippers and she hurries to put them on as the cave begins to just crumble and disintegrate. And so she quickly asks, now that she's wearing the ruby slippers, that the Emerald City and all of its people are restored to life. And so it is, Katie. It happens. And so it shall be. They realize, though, TikTok is still missing. Right. But on the Gump's antlers, they see this green like, like a metal, metal. Yeah. yeah, and you know she's like Oz, <laughs> and TikTok Oz. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Oz. TikTok is restored. So in the very next scene, there's a royal parade in Oz, and it's grand and it's spectacular. And the Tin Man looks very fake in tin. He does not. <laughs> <Right>. look- <laughs> and Mombi is escorted through this parade in a cage. Right, right? she's a prisoner now of Oz. And the whole Oz family wants to appoint Dorothy as the queen of Oz. But she tells them, I love you, but I can't. I have to go back home. And she's really sad because she loves them all so much. And she wishes she can be in both places, but she can't. Behind her in the mirror is that girl in the dress who rescued her at the hospital. This is Ozma, you guys. This is Ozma, that figure. Dorothy helps the girl step through the glass and come to life. So this is Ozma, and this is when Jack yells out, Mom! <laughs> right. So we learn that Ozma is the rightful queen and ruler of Oz and Katie's grief counselor when she was 12 years old. Right. Who knew?
0: <laughs> but what's interesting is that I would have seen this movie, like, four years before, and, like, never in my brain did I make I mean, I- and I only saw it once, so... I mean, you were going through some shit. And right. I had a rough couple of years leading up to that. The fact
1: that her name was Ozma plays so secondary to the fact that there was. Right. There was so much other stuff. Right. Head screaming and um, wheelers and. Right. But just it's so. It's so weird. Weird. We learned that Mombi had enchanted Ozma into the mirror when she tried to scare her out of the city. And Dorothy then puts the ruby slippers on Ozma's feet where they belong. And she does ask her to wish her back to Kansas. Yes. And Ozma's like, okay, I agree on the condition that I'll look in on you, Dorothy, from time to time. And if you ever wish to come back to Oz, it will be granted. And so we're like, cool, win-win. This is working out for everyone, right? So then Ozma, that asshole Ozma, (laughs) just... Taps the slippers three times. And Dorothy's like, wait, I wasn't ready to go. Like, we're having a
0: party. I have to say goodbye. Also, Belina decides to stay, which I support because if she didn't lay enough eggs in Kansas, they were going to chop off
1: her head. I also support it because it means that a gnome king can never come back to life as oh, long as true. Belina is there. This is a good point. Yes. So Dorothy is in this like frantic rush to say goodbye to her friends because that bitch Ozma is just like, get out of here, Dorothy. Let me rule Oz and like let's get on. And Dorothy's crying, like <laughs> goodbye. I goodbye. think it was probably more like, uh, we're already at like two
0: hours on this movie. So <laughs> chop chop.
1: We then find Dorothy. She wakes up. By a creek back in Kansas. And Toto finds her. Toto. Toto. And soon Uncle Henry and the rest of the search party comes running. And Auntie M hugs her and tells her that the clinic had been struck by lightning during the storm. It burned the hospital down to the ground. Everyone was able to escape, except for the doctor, who ran back in to get his machines.
0: Yep. Well, there you go. Dumbass.
1: A police buggy rides by. With the head nurse inside. Yeah. In the very last scene, we finally see the house getting finished by Uncle Henry, who's not so lazy anymore. He's not depressed. <laughs> right. And in her finished bedroom, Dorothy goes to the mirror and calls for Ozma, and she appears with Belina in her arms. Dorothy goes to call Auntie M, like, Auntie M, look what's in the like, mirror. Come look, it's real. <laughs> and Ozma, like, motions, sh- Don't don't tell. Don't tell. It's a secret. And Auntie M then comes in and tells Dorothy, you know what? It's a beautiful day outside. Why don't you go and play? And then we see Dorothy go outside into the sunshine. All is restored in Kansas. The end. This film. It received really mixed reviews, as you can probably imagine. (laughs) Yes, Some really loved it because it apparently remained very faithful to the Oz books. But Mm. Roger Ebert called it, quote, a complete disaster. Uh, Gene Siskel said, quote, rarely has a movie been created that seems so pointed to frustrate the reasonable expectations of the audience. This was marketed to children.
0: And marketed as a return to Oz, right? So you're expecting it to be. Cinematic candy, like the other article said. Yes. Yeah, I concur. I don't often agree with Siskel and Ebert, but like, I'm going to concur with that idea. Like, I feel like now if they marketed it, they would be like. What if in a world, in a
1: world, in
0: a world where Oz has been taken over by the Gnome King? Right. And
1: we would all be like, yes, in a post pandemic world, we'd be like, sure, we watch some dark shit now. We've been through some times. Yep. Tyler McCready, in a piece he wrote for Colander, he says surprisingly somber and often unnerving, Return to Oz rejects the over the rainbow optimism of its predecessor. There are no songs here. No characters with secret desires for wisdom or courage or love. No desire to return home. Instead, director Walter Murch and screenwriter Gil Dennis focus on the odd possibilities of Oz. On the power struggles that might break out between its native occupants. There's no place like home. One of the most memorable lines from the Judy Garland version is uttered only once by a villain with murderous intent. One could never mistake Return to Oz for an homage. I don't think it set out to be an homage, but we as an audience were very much expecting that. It's called Return to Oz. So it doesn't say Return to Oz novels.
0: (laughs) Right. And it doesn't say Return to Oz uh, in an inappropriate way for
1: children. (laughs) Uh (laughs) I think it was sort of a bait and switch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they were counting on the popularity of The Wizard of Oz. Yes. To buoy them through this $28 million budget. Yes. But then again, like I said, like word got out and it was like, uh, if you like The Wizard of Oz, stay away from this movie.
1: (laughs) Yes, I can see both sides. They were perfectly within their right to make this film and to make it true to the original Oz novels. Okay. They were well within their right to do that. But at the same time, there is a societal expectation from a film that came out. I don't know. What did I say? 1939. I mean, this is a part of American culture. The MGM, right. Judy Garland film. It's optimism. It's technicolor. It's it's hope.
0: Right. It's heartwarming. It's all of these things that this movie is not. And And I feel like if you are going to take an American iconic treasure and mess with it, that's fine. But then you need to make it really clear. You need to not just be like a Disney adventure. Right. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's just
1: its own thing.
0: And I mean, I. it's not even that I dislike it. Like it's interesting.
1: Even as an adult, some of the scenes are kind of scary still, but it is yeah. a good time. If you right. knew what you were getting it's into, a romp. it's a romp on a gump. If you knew what you were getting into, you would enjoy it so much more. The return to return to Oz was a good time. We knew what we were gonna get, right? We were expecting
0: terror and things, and yeah. So like we were prepared, but like as eight and nine year old children, no. no, no, we were not prepared, and it was terrifying. So, yeah, <laughs> I just, I, it's just such an interesting, sometimes I think about all of the people that go into making a movie, right? Mm-hmm. I think about this, like, for TV shows and movies, when they're really bad. And I think, do you know how many people had to sign off on oh, this? Oh, yeah, this was Greenland Going like, forward, um, how many people were like, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, it was in,
1: it was enjoyable, but if you know what you're getting into. If you know what to expect. Yes, yes. Yes. And okay, I mean I shit all over the visual effects on this thing, but I mean it was nominated for an Oscar for best visual effects in 1986. It did lose. And yeah. um like I told you Katie, Reddit has a lot of feelings about this film. So I'm I sure. <laughs> I found some I I thought we could talk about them. So someone said the Wheelers were nightmare fuel for years for me as a child. Yeah, I mean, they are nightmarish. And this is the other thing, because did you notice,
0: like, they weren't very good on their wheels, right? Like, they were, like, clumsy and all over the place. And I would love to know what it was like to have to do that as oh, the Oh, I know.
1: I was <laughs> like, are these people, like, acrobats?
0: Right? Because they're also, like unnaturally raised up like it looked like they were probably holding like that their feet and arms were extended by something to reach the wheels
1: yes they were hunched over like it was yeah really scary (laughs) someone said i once watched return to oz coming off 16 hits of acid life-altering experience highly recommend Okay, how could you take 16 hits of acid? I don't know. I don't understand acid well enough to to have feelings about that. It just but seems like a lot of just acid. Like
0: one hit of acid, shrooms, even without any like it is like an acid trip. <laughs> like, Yet yeah, the film itself is an acid trip. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. So yeah. 16 hits. How is he alive to write that sentence on Reddit? I don't even know what to make of that. Okay. Like that's like we're calling bullshit yeah, on that. I don't okay. know. Okay. Someone said, I watched this as a kid and thought it was some sort of fever dream. It was so wild. It wasn't until after I was in my 30s, I found out it was actually a real movie. Same Cs. When people ask me, what is the scariest movie? I say this one. Truly fucked with my head when I was a kid.
0: Right, Freddy Krueger has nothing on this movie.
1: Nothing.
0: (laughs) We knew what we were getting into with Freddy Krueger. We were not expecting it with
1: Return to Oz. No, and even child's play, right? About a doll. We were children who played with dolls. We knew it was an evil doll. We knew what we were getting into. This? Uh Uh-uh. This we thought we were just going to go down a yellow brick road with some friends. Someone else said, this is some Dark Souls shit. Which... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. But my favorite comment of all was, you ever wonder how you would have turned out if you hadn't seen certain movies? Yeah. This movie was one of those for me. (laughs) And I think about that all the time. As an eight-year-old with my grandma Mary in the movie theater, my life would have been very different had I not seen this movie.
0: Right. I don't think it had quite the same effect on me as it did on you, but those parts just stuck with me.
1: If you haven't seen this film, it's available on Disney+. Plus. I do encourage a rewatch. If you have young children, uh, maybe not the film not for them. Not them. No. Just let them be. Yeah. So like all in all, we're saying thumbs up, but with caution. <laughs> I mean, thumbs up, but know what you're
0: getting into. If you are less than Gen X and you've never seen this
1: movie, proceed with caution. Yeah, this is a cautionary tale, but like still a really good time.
0: I loved it. it. It's just good. It's just like there's something
1: fun about it. Unnervingly entertaining. Yes. Hey, let us know. Hit us up in the comments. Let us know what you think about Return to Oz and that cabinet of heads and the wheelers and all of the things because we want to know.
0: We want to know how you were traumatized by it as children. Share all the details. Yes. Thank you all for joining us. If you're enjoying the pod, we invite you to rate and subscribe so that you never miss an episode.
1: You can find us on the socials and the web at theuntitledgenxpodcast.com. We hope you keep in touch, beautiful people. Bye. Bye.